0: Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to discuss the timeline of this season. Our episodes are not necessarily presented in the order we recorded them, and these conversations took place over the course of the past few months. Therefore, we may touch on some, but not all, current events. That being said, Victoria and I want to express our love and support for all using their voices for positive change.
1: Hey, guys. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sarah DeForest. And I'm Victoria Banks. We're really excited to have you with us
0: today. This is The Table, a podcast by and about women in the entertainment
1: industry. Welcome to episode one, where we introduce you to your hosts, Sarah and Victoria. We invite you to pull up a chair and get super, super
0: comfortable because everyone deserves a seat at The,
1: the table. table. Do
0: what you want, work what you got, say what you think and don't let them stop you. Stop you. Don't, don't let them stop. Stop you. Don't let them stop you.
1: So let me introduce you to my fabulous co-host Sarah DeFors. Um, Sarah is a performing artist and songwriter originally from Northern California. What what part of California? I'm from Sonoma County, which is like wine country,
0: agricultural,
1: uh, about an hour, hour and a half north of San Francisco. Beautiful. Yes. And uh so Sarah specializes in um songwriting for pop, urban and sync and you also do country market uh, top lining. So Mm -hmm. can you kind of explain what that is?
0: Yeah, so as an artist and a writer, I specifically work mostly within the pop pop, urban sync, and sync means film and TV writing for anybody who's not familiar. So that's the area that I usually work within, but I also do a lot of top lining for artists in the country market, which means I basically am just a writer in the room. I'm not an artist. I'm just there to help them create what is authentic for them. And I do that for, you know, pop artists as well. So kind of a little bit of
1: everything. Very cool. And you work with hit songwriters, but also with up and coming talent as well. Yeah, that's kind of the best part for me. I love helping develop
0: young artists and help them find their sound and their passions and just kind of mixing and matching what feels good for them. But I also really enjoy working with hit songwriters that have kind of established what they do so well and are just kind of like these wonderful creative machines.
1: So it's kind of a perfect mix of all the good stuff. You started off pretty young working in the LA Mm -hmm. music industry. You were 15 years old.
0: Yeah, yeah, I actually, I started taking trips down to Los Angeles when I was 15 with my mom, bless her soul. She drove eight hours down and we would stay for sometimes a week at a time drive eight hours back I would go back to school and we do that at least once a month um it was really crazy beautiful time on my 16th birthday I got offered a sync publishing deal and um it was amazing I honestly didn't even know what that meant I was like cool (laughs) awesome sounds good and (laughs) uh, And, um, you know, just through the process of negotiations and and working on things, it just turned out to not be the right partnership for us. But it started this really wonderful career that I got to develop and find my own voice
1: in. So how did you find your way to Nashville, where you live now then?
0: Yeah, um, it's kind of a weird uh, series of events that were super just like luck moments, I had been working in Los Angeles for years all throughout my high school experience. And I, at an industry event, met some writers and I think a song plugger, which is someone who pitches songs to artists, um, at an industry event. And one of the industry guys was like, he heard me play some songs live. I Everyone else brought demos. And I was like, I wrote this song two days ago, but I'm going to play it for you live. Oh, and, that's great. <laughs> and I did, because I was like so naive. I was just like, whatever. Fearless. Uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Fearless, that's not word. just naive. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word. And um, I played it for him. And he was like, if you ever come to Nashville, you give me a call. And it was so incredibly affirming. And I was like, Mom, now I have a reason you have to take me to Nashville. And on our first trip, I ended up connecting with him, and he was incredibly gracious and connected me with other industry people that he loved and trusted. And I began the journey of working in Nashville. And over time, funny enough, when I moved to LA to go to college is when I started doing the bulk of my work in Nashville. So it was um, very all over the place, and it landed me here as my home base.
1: Yeah, and so... One thing I have to say about Sarah is I've run into you in a lot of different sides of the music industry because you work all over the place and you always have not only a kind persona about you, but you always have a curiosity and obviously a love for what you're doing. And uh, that really draws me to you. I think that you're the Thank kind of person who's always going to be learning. You're always going to be questioning. You're always going to be coming up with new ways of doing things. And, um, and that's, you know, a really valuable thing to have. And not a lot of people have that. So when you Thank invited you. me to do this podcast <laughs> with you, I was like, absolutely. Cause you're a great person to do this because you ask a lot of questions and you're open-minded. And, and so in, in your time in Tennessee, you have been working behind the scenes as well as doing your, own you know artist career and songwriting stuff right yeah doing a lot of different things
0: yeah thank you so much for saying that that really means a lot coming from someone like you um you were one of my very first quote-unquote pro writers which for anyone who doesn't know what that means it's you know someone who's signed to do this every day and is really damn good at it um and For me, I was really lucky to, when I, boots on the ground, moved here to Nashville permanently for this to be my home base, Um, I was lucky enough to get to town with a job in publishing and artist development uh, with a company called GSC, which I had also been a part of as a writer and an artist. I got to be the right hand to the woman who runs it, Sharice Boltori, who... um, really just gave me the opportunity to learn every single side of the industry because they weren't working with one roster of writers and, and one kind of team. It was, we worked with pretty much every publishing company and label in town. And a lot of the services were um, super specific to what an industry person or an artist or a writer needed and so i spent about a year and still help out in that realm even though i don't don't permanently work there at the moment it's something that i have a big passion for and one of the best educations i have ever gotten
1: well that's great to have that side of things in your experience because you know at the mm-hmm. same time you're writing songs and um so you've had songs on hold with major artists and you've had multiple cuts by independent artists and you've had also some of your own independent radio success actually you've you've headlined festivals and you've opened for acts like daniel beddingfield right so you yeah you've been you've been doing your own thing too on top of it all
0: yes exactly i've been working my little butt off since since i was a, like i said a little song baby and it's taken me on a really crazy journey got to do a lot of fun stuff so i'm very thankful So I will now get the chance to shine the light on you and tell them a little bit about what you do because you have a pretty incredible roster of accomplishments that I just... I mean, I'm so thankful to get to, to know you and to get to do this with you, but like guys, let me tell you how incredible Victoria is because you will be blown away. Um, she's been a veteran of the Nashville music industry for 23 years, but she's actually originally from Canada. And what part exactly are you from?
1: From Muskoka, Ontario, where there's a good 12 feet of snow to shovel in the winter. <laughs> so the
0: cold in nashville is like summer for you yeah it's nothing it's nothing (laughs) i love that um and you're i mean you're such an incredible artist you've released three albums toured with acts like reba and winona and you've actually been nominated for 11 canadian music association awards. You were named CCMA female artist of the year, uh, songwriter of the year in 2010. I mean, you've really done an incredible amount of things in your career. It's kind of funny.
1: Like I never, I never anticipated being an artist. I always Mm -hmm. from the beginning wanted to be a songwriter and that's kind of all of the artist stuff kind of evolved from the songwriting. Yeah. yeah
0: and I, I think that's how it happens for a lot of people but you've really like forged an incredible path to be able to do everything and what I'm curious as to because you've had I mean and we're not even like finished telling them how cool you are but like what <laughs> is the what is your favorite thing that you've gotten to experience in the last you know 23 years of your career
1: Well I'd have to say, there have been a lot of really cool things, but um, one of the coolest was touring with Reba and having the chance to sing the duet with her for "Does He Love You." I got to, oh I got gosh. to, you know, I got to be the uh, the the her husband's love interest in the duet and have a, shoot dirty looks to her on stage, and <laughs> it was <laughs> it, it was fantastic. She's
0: awesome, writer. You've worked as a staff songwriter in Nashville for publishers since 1997. So, for anyone who doesn't know, a staff writer is you sign a publishing deal and that is your job. You go to the office or a writing room or whatever every day and you write songs and you've written songs that were ASCAP, SOCAN, CCMA, and Covenant Award winning songs for over 50 major artists including Sarah Evans, Jessica Simpson, Lauren Elena, Carly Pierce, Mickey Guyton. I mean, like, I could go on. You actually have two number ones in Australia right now. So, I mean... (laughs) what is what is your favorite part of getting to be a songwriter in nashville
1: i think it's when this it's just the songwriting process you know like when it, it's such a it's a such a tough business and it's um it can really beat you up it's a real roller coaster so mm-hmm. it, the only people that last for a long time in it are the people who are doing it because they love the process and you get your fulfillment yes. from that and uh so yeah for me being in the room uh with a co-writer and having the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle fit together in the song and just see it come to life. I love those moments. That just fulfills me completely as a songwriter. You also have been labeled one of the best
0: songwriters in the business by Nashville's Music Row magazine, which uh, Music Row is like a very, very big deal in Nashville. And Nashville has this really special reverence for songwriters and song crafting really unlike any other place so that I mean that is such an incredibly high honor how did you feel when that when that came up
1: the second I saw that in print I took a um, screenshot of it and <laughs> <saved> it. <laughs> so I'm, like, I, I'm gonna milk that one I'm gonna use that in my bio man till the day I die yes that's right <laughs> they can't take that away from me now
0: oh my gosh I love it. I would do the same thing it's so incredibly well deserved and I'm so thankful that we get to go on this journey together and talk to all these incredible women and share our own stories so, we started this podcast uh, because obviously we are two women in the entertainment industry. And I, we just wanted to chat with other women in music, in acting, and entertainment, and whatever comes up, and just hear their stories and their experiences and how they got to where they are. Because, you know, especially as a lot of people have become aware in the last couple of years, um, this job and pretty much any other job is sometimes a lot harder for women. And in in our industry specifically, it's uh, really, really an uphill battle for sure um, to get even a little smidge of success. And that's true for anybody in the entertainment industry, regardless of gender. But for women specifically, we have a lot of unique experiences. So we wanted to do this podcast and really chat with women and create community and share stories and have fun and hopefully help other women in this industry as well.
1: Yeah, there's still a lot of inequality, unfortunately, in this side of things. And um, the best way that you can you know, do away with that is to support each other as best you can and lift other women up. So that's what we're trying to do through this. And I think it'll uh, it'll give us a good opportunity to discover who a lot of the people are behind, you know, behind the curtains.
0: Exactly. That's the beauty of it. Like, especially at some, we have some incredible guests coming up and some of my favorite writers, artists, publishers, and a lot of these publishers and writers never really get to see the light of day and talk about what they've experienced because they're kind of the unsung heroes behind the scenes. You see the artists and they're pretty and shiny and amazingly talented, but you don't always get to hear the stories behind how they got to that place. And especially in the industry side, it's a lot of Jobs and tasks that maybe some listeners might be hearing about for the first time. And I think the best way to learn about this industry, whether you're an artist, a writer, want to be in the industry side, or just like a fan of music and entertainment in general, I think it's really important to just hear people talk about who they are and where they came from. Because I don't know if this is true for you, Vic, but I could nerd out and spend hours watching and listening to interviews about people who are successful at what I'm passionate in. I think that's one of the best ways to learn.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so tell me, Sarah, like, tell me a little bit about your background. Tell me a little bit about your experience, uh, specifically as a woman uh, coming through the industry, uh, you know, so far and uh, what that's been like for you
0: yeah i mean like i like you mentioned earlier in uh, when we were talking about you know where we started out and where we came from i started really working in the music industry in los angeles when i was 15 and i didn't live there or anywhere close to there if you're not familiar with california it's like the entire west coast so you can drive 10 hours and still be in california and so my mom and i would drive eight hours to LA and I would work there for a week or so at a time and I'd drive back and go to high school and do it all over again at least once a month for you know almost my entire high school career and um it's funny looking back I said this to a friend the other day I think I maybe in my three or four years permanently working in, in Los Angeles only worked with one woman Wow. Really? Yeah. And it really it was very interesting because I kind of cut my teeth in a male dominated world that was extra male dominated just in that scenario because I I didn't get the chance to work with a lot of female writers, industry people, uh, producers, et cetera. And actually the woman that I worked with, it was one session and she was an audio engineer and she was insanely talented. But I just remember looking back and funny enough, when I moved to Nashville is when I started working with women more and I was like, this is amazing. This is so cool. (laughs) We get to, you know, we get to like talk and chat. And there's some there's something about that that's amazing. But I've you know, I've been in rooms and we've chatted about this and I've heard the same story from so, so many women in the industry, which is, you know, sometimes it's you've I've definitely run into writers where uh, the publisher wants to set us up, but they're like, you know, the writers are a little they they don't really like to work with women as much. So I Mm -hmm. might have to work on that. You know, I've I've walked into writing rooms where no one introduces themselves or says hi. They just go back to their conversation and then a guy walks in and they're like, Hey man, I haven't met you. Like, what's your story? How's it going? And I'm like, okay, I'll go to the corner. Cool. Um, you know, and that's just, you know, it's, it's part of it is just, you know, a person thing you can vibe with people no matter yeah. what, and you cannot vibe with other people. Um, but I, you know, there's also the thing about age and looks and there's a lot yeah. more pressure put, put on that for us women. Um, you, I mean, A lot of people are talking now about how a lot of places, specifically in country music, um, they, you know, don't play female songs back to back and stuff like that. And there's, you know, a a lot, especially in, in, you know, the quote unquote old days, it's still true in a lot of sectors. But at least for me, I've definitely heard people say, oh, you know, it's going to get hard to, to get signed or whatever past. 25 or you know something like that. There's all, there's all these yeah. weird little things that come into play when you're a woman at least for me those are things that I've run into. But what about you? I mean, you've had 23 years to really grow with the <laughs> industry and and create these in- incredible avenues for your success. Like what types of things have you experienced?
1: Well, first of all, I have to say that I totally relate to you on what, when you were talking about being in the writer writing room and being sort of <laughs> unrecognized and I totally I totally relate to that. And I've, I, I think for a long time, I just didn't notice it. And then I've started noticing yeah. it. And But for me, one of the things is like when you're, when you're writing with a couple of guys who know each other, they're buddies, whatever, I, the, the thing that really gets me is when I throw out an idea and one of them will look to, at the other and say, hmm, what do you think? What do you think about that? every time (laughs) okay so it's like I have to get it passed so it (laughs) it, it kind of feels a little bit like you're unheard or undervalued in this weird way and uh, so that has definitely you know I I don't want to be bitter but at the same time I definitely do notice that happening yeah and um, but yeah I mean it's been a long journey for me starting back in 97 because when I first signed as a staff songwriter back then women in country music which is where I'm focused uh, were making a lot of radio success for themselves and so you know there was a good maybe 40 percent market share of women being played on country radio and so at the time when I got my first publishing deal I was offered that deal really because I was in the right place at the right time everybody was looking for female female songwriters who wrote that particular style of music most of the music publishers in Nashville didn't have very many women on staff as writers and they wanted that perspective represented so it worked in my favor at that time and that was where I got my my start and I got my first hit from a female artist, Sarah Evans. But then uh, when we got past nine eleven, that was really when mm-hmm. everything changed in country radio. and uh, w- women just lost their lost their airplay, they lost their market share. and there's a lot wow. of speculation as to why that happened. Mm-hmm. but um and since really since about two thousand two, um, is when it has plummeted and gotten to a low of somewhere around 5%, I believe, um, yeah. since then. So it has been a huge struggle for me as a female songwriter and as, as a female artist mm-hmm. to make a living during that time. It's been like, holding on to pieces of the titanic or something you yeah. know it's like i'm just i'm trying to i'm trying to stay relevant i'm trying to make things happen but there are so many walls that i have to get across in order to make that happen but part of it is I naturally write better from a female perspective. I naturally Mm -hmm. explore things from that perspective and it works well for female artists. That's where my comfortable home is in songwriting. And um, so I've continued to do that over those years, but had very few of those songs ever make it to radio. And a lot of them have been singled in other ways, but those other ways don't earn me any money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's accolades and then there's food on the table and they're not the same thing. So that's, that's been my struggle with that but during that time I've also had to learn how to write uh with guys a lot more and how to write from their perspective and use their melodic traits and Mm -hmm. um figure out how they would speak in a conversational song lyric which is different from how female lyrics usually speak yeah and um so trying to adapt to that and figure out how to have be the be the idea behind a male voice um, and male co-writers. Um, and so that's been a really interesting journey, and it's it's a great learning experience. But at the same time, I do feel like I, I have the potential to do so much more, and yeah. I'm frustrated with not having been able to um, really have some of these songs come out into the world that are from the other perspective so
0: yeah you know and it, it's it can yeah. be it can be frustrating and especially especially you know there's just something really really beautiful and special about writing with people who understand your point of view naturally and that can be really great and that's one of the most important parts about having women in the room whether especially when there's a female artist Um, And you're just trying to communicate that because it's so, so nice to not necessarily have to explain because someone just understands because they've been through that too. They understand your viewpoint. And even having women in a room for a male artist, you might get a perspective that you haven't thought of before because you don't have the experience and so much of songs is about love and heartbreak and, and heartbreak and relationships and all those things it's um i in, in college i i studied communications and it was amazing i purposely studied nothing nothing musical and um one of my favorite lessons that I will remember till the day I die is about the third persona. And um, it's been a while since I've had it laid out in front of me. So for any communications nerds, please excuse me if I fudge up the explanation a little bit. But um, it's the whole idea is that traditionally there's conversations and dialogues that go on and there's two personas. One is the person speaking about the issue and, and kind of the politician on the podium and the other persona is the audience that is having the conversation back Um, and then the third persona is the person or demographic actually being spoken about that's not allowed to participate in the conversation so that happens you know a lot of times not all the time but a lot of times with with women and different minorities and stuff and for a long time um you know this whole conversation kind of existed about women but without female voices and i think we're getting to see um that type of thing really be evened out in the last couple of years and um so many more female artists getting exposure and and yeah. writers in the room i can think and all that i can stuff. think
1: of examples of that from of what you just said from um looking at the the singles that have gone out to country radio uh, over the past mm-hmm. five years because you have male artists singing about women like attempting to lift them up yeah. attempting to you know like uh, the, <laughs> the song female sung by yes. Keith Urban you know it's like oh, so it's it's very interesting because since guys seem to be the only ones who are able to get through and actually be heard on the radio they're trying to help by by representing yeah. and singing about women in this empowering way but we have haven't been able to see those female empowered female songs actually actually get airplay.
0: Yeah. And that's such a beautiful thing. We really have in this time as heavy as it can feel. Sometimes we really do have some incredible allies that are really trying to help us get a seat at the table and, you know, get our voices heard. And, you know, even being in the room as, as an artist myself, Um, When I was younger there, I was still trying to find my voice. And so I would be in a lot of, especially in Nashville, pop wasn't, pop and sync for sure were not as big when I started working in Nashville. So I was in a lot of country sessions as well. And sometimes uh, people would, we would try and get an artist song and I'd have some wonderful male co-writers in the room with me and they might throw out a line. and, And I would say like, hey, that, you know, as a woman, that might. I, me singing that wouldn't feel authentic. It like it sounds cool and it totally makes sense for this story we're telling. But to me, that wouldn't be how a woman would say that. You know, or or the line would be. It might be a, a harder, sassier song, and and they would throw something out. And yes, it makes sense. But the context, if I were to say that as a woman, if I heard that on the radio, I would maybe take it a different way than what we need it as. And you know, you do get pushback sometimes. I especially early earlier on when I was still trying to find my voice just as a writer period. It's, it's hard. You have to like trial and error your way through how to, voice your opinion in a room and sometimes people are like oh that's not how i meant it though but you know as an artist if that's how i take it Mm -hmm. or that's how i'm pretty sure my audience would take it then you know so right even there i learned really early on that there's it's not necessarily an intentional or even a bad thing that men and women in the room have different viewpoints. Yeah. It's just that, we have different viewpoints. Yeah. And that type of dynamic has been going on since the dawn of time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it, it it's interesting, I, I have a chance to work with a lot of sort of younger female artists because often those are the ones that are getting signed to record deals. And yeah. so they're quite young, like some of them even not even 20 years old yet. And um, I s- hear so often in conversation when we're working together, them expressing frustration that their opinions are not being valued Mm -hmm. in the room. And I think it's a combination of the fact that they're female and also the fact that they're young, but uh, often when you're collaborating with an artist, that artist is the final say on whether the song is something they relate to or not. And, and whether it's something they're going to want to cut or not. So it doesn't really make sense not to listen to. And it's funny (laughs) how how often (laughs) it is, how often it happens that co-writers will say, well, let me tell you about this is how it needs to be. And it, <laughs> and it's understandable because if you're if you're older and you're kind of looking at this, this kid, it's basically a kid. It's like, well, this is how it needs to be. But uh, yeah. but I think they experience that quite a lot. And so I always try to be really cognizant of that and and really try to listen to and value what they are wanting or not wanting the song to say. And yeah. and part of that is, you know, letting go of your preconceived idea of what would make the best song and having to adapt to what they want. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, like one of the things that comes to mind when I think back over my career is a moment when um, I w- met with a publisher to try and get my next staff songwriting deal. Usually Mm -hmm. those deals are, you know, about three years long, give or take. And then when you're finished that deal, you either renegotiate and stay where you are, or you go to a different company. Mm -hmm. And at this point I was, I was looking to go to a a different company. Um, I just been where I was long enough. And I literally, I mean, I had a meeting played the the songs. He loved the songs. And then he looked at me and he said, but you know, I would be crazy to sign a woman right now. (sighs) I can't sign a woman right now. It just doesn't make business sense. And that was really interesting to me because first of all, you're totally pigeonholing your, your, your creative content as a publishing Mm -hmm. company when you're not diversifying what is, what is there. So that's, that's one way in which I think that's really short sighted, but also it really irked me because I feel like in other areas of, business if someone were to say something like that it would be illegal yep so absolutely the fact that it's acceptable in entertainment and and then it's difficult because it it it's acceptable because when you think of the logic behind it it kind of makes sense you know it's like okay well you can't really earn as much money off a female songwriter because there aren't as many Uh opportunities blah 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 and so it it becomes a economic justification for discrimination Mm -hmm. which um but when you think about it just i mean every form of discrimination kind of comes from some semi-logic sounding explanation yeah that's that's where it all starts right so what we need to do is to really question those lines of thinking and to figure out wait a minute so (laughs) you know is this making sense really or is it just the party line that we've been given for a long time and do we need to think outside this so the longer
0: we function under it the more it snowballs and then the harder it is to untangle absolutely so it really is just kind of a a chicken or the egg kind of thing in, in a lot of scenarios and and that's you know, part of the reason we we started doing this is to discuss these kinds of things with the people who are actually experiencing them. The women in the industry, the writers, the artists, and also the the allies that we have. You know, not all of our guests are going to be women. They're going to be men who are great allies. They're going to be any kind of person who really is willing to sit down and have a conversation about women in the entertainment industry and how we can help and what that experience looks like. And also we're in a really wonderful time that's, you know, slowly but surely changing things. And, you know, how can we further that and be a really meaningful part of that change? Because as Mm -hmm. creatives, you know, we have such big hearts. It's our job to feel and emote and communicate that to the masses. And I think right now, especially in this, worldwide pandemic I mean when people are home either without jobs or working from home where do you turn to but art that is you're we're watching Netflix and Hulu etc we're listening to music we're listening to podcasts we're taking in art we're creating it we're doing all these things and that really I think hopefully has shown people just how valuable it is and also if we like you said it becomes an economic justification at a certain point and I think people are so far removed from the ins and outs of the music industry or the film industry or whatever it's hard for them to grasp what a f- like ripple effect it is but yeah. if well, we can't make a living then we can't
1: create the art that you love and absolutely you're out of luck <laughs> yeah and and bias is such an it's such an interesting thing because it's not purposeful. 99% Mm -hmm. of the time it's not purposeful. You can't even, you know, blame the person that's, that's biased. We we all have our own biases and they're fed by the culture that we live in and what we see on TV and and how people speak to each other and how people treat each other differently. And so you, you don't even recognize that you have them and half the time, the only way that you recognize you have them is when somebody points them out, you know? And so having these conversations are extremely important for that purpose, just to, just to recognize our own biases and, and, and to try and that's the first step in trying to shift um, how we perceive things, you know, that, that, that makes the shift, that has the trickle down effect that changes society at large. For sure. But I want to, I think it'd be really fun just to tell people
0: how, we met initially and in how we got to know each other because we work in slightly separate genres. Although in Nashville, everybody kind of works in a little bit of everything, especially nowadays. But uh, we met at my very first writer
1: retreat. That's right. With a global songwriter, global songwriters yeah, connection. Yeah. Bulturi, it was, who you mentioned earlier. It was. Yeah. Um, who I
0: ended up working for a couple years later. Yeah.
1: I'll, I occasionally will be a sort of coach songwriter at, at, at yeah. those retreats and during those retreats we work with different combinations of sort of aspiring songwriters up-and-coming songwriter mm-hmm. ra- writer artists I remember working with you and gosh how long ago was that it was a while back it was
0: yeah it was a while ago I think I was 17 18 so I am mean probably four or five years ago okay that shows that that shows you how we definitely have
1: the different perspectives represented here because I am a whopping 47 years old and uh, (laughs) so but it's good you know diversification exactly And, uh, and
0: it's also like I remember when I was still working in LA and I was working on an EP and and I was 16 17 and one of the guys asked me like oh how old are you again and then I, and I told him, he was like, oh, damn it, you're, you're going to be 18 by the time we release so We can't pull the young card. Uh, and I was like, is what? 18 not That's young? Not was 18 not young? <laughs> I'm confused. I thought I was young. Oh, like, I can't even yeah. vote yet. But uh, we wrote a song called Some People. And that was my very first major country artist hold.
1: Oh, how cool.
0: Um, and that was, so you are forever tied, like, into my story as a young writer and artist and like one of the first major things that happened i still love that song oh that's
1: amazing i love that but
0: yeah i just think it's fun to share and we've you know gotten to work together at other retreats and I've also gotten to see you do incredible like play incredible shows and I've been at retreats working from the industry side getting to see up and coming artists and writers come out of the room and be like oh my gosh you should hear this song we started with Victoria or, oh we should you should hear this song it's so cool and then you you will do this fantastic thing where you play <laughs> a lot of times you'll play a song at the listening room you'll play a show that night or the next night and play one of those songs that you just wrote And to see, like, I remember the first time it happened when I was working, someone came in and they're like, oh, now you gotta see this video. She played the song we wrote yesterday. And it was just, you know, we really underestimate just how much we can be a part of somebody's story just by existing and giving them space to create with us. and, and,
1: And I've learned from the receiving end of that, how important it is. And this podcast is about doing that too, about like networking, sharing, letting people know each other's names um, and recognizing exactly. some of the people who do really notable things because th- there are going to be experiences that are fundamental to every woman that is in the under- entertainment industry. And so that's why we yeah. decided to not just call this women in music or women in country music or women in Nashville music. You know, it's like it's the table, yeah. it's women in entertainment overall. Exactly.
0: Okay, guys, so we are going to end this first episode journey with a little rapid fire. We've got five questions that we're going to be asking all of our guests, and we thought it'd be really fun to give you our answers.
1: Uh, I'm nervous. (laughs) I know. They're actually
0: kind of hard. I was looking back at these, and they're a little difficult. So um, we're going to start with Vic. And question number one, what is your or
1: who is your favorite creator at the moment? So my favorite creator right now is my four-year-old daughter, Alexa, um, because she makes the coolest art and makes up the coolest songs and has absolutely no fear about any of it. And I love it. It's like the best stage. That stage before you start questioning your ability to do creative things. Yes. So, a future little um, songwriter. And she exactly. has she has
0: a mom that's gonna help kind of mitigate questioning some of her creativity because this is your job. <laughs> Here's hope. <hoping>.
1: Here's
0: hope. <laughs> All right
1: question two What is your favorite trend? So um for songwriters, it's been kind of difficult to make a living lately because mm-hmm. our royalty streams have dried up mm-hmm. and there's a new thing that I just kind of discovered that I've started using that is basically kind of a subscription service um, that yes. some people are, are using a, a website called Patreon. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm using one called Kofi and um, I'm able to share with my fans and followers and friends uh bits of songs that you know unreleased songs, behind the scenes content, like here's the here's me coming up with the song idea and singing it into my phone That's at so. four o'clock in the morning, and then here's what the song turned into yeah. later on that day when it was written. And then here's what the final cut sounded like. And I got to share all those things and then in return people buy me a coffee. So basically they 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 pledge three dollars a month to to get those things. And uh and so I'm really loving sharing that and it's really cool and it gives me an alternate way to try and earn a living income that obviously, um, internet, you know, streaming and internet music is not providing for songwriters right now. That's
0: awesome. And it's coffee or Kofi with a K right? K O F E. Yeah, it's
1: it's K O dash F I. So yeah. So on mine, it's just linked through my website is victoriabanks.net and you can go on there and then you can go click on my Kofi and it takes you to there. Awesome.
0: We love companies that support creators and find new ways to do that. That's amazing um okay question three what is a trend that you wish would stop
1: um this has been going on for a while the the diminishing of women in country music song lyrics Mm -hmm. to make them be girls and not women and it happens in the you know in the use of the word girl in and also in the use of words like little like you're (laughs) put your little bare feet on the dashboard and your little, you know, slide over the yep. little, whatever. Little And, and that's, yeah, I know it drives me crazy. It's like, are you singing about a child? Like, this is just creepy. So, um, I, yeah, that's, I've had enough of that. I, I'm ready to hear some music from and for and about women who are women, yes. not girls.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. That is, that is something that if if anyone takes away anything from this, uh, especially male writers, Let's, uh, let's make that a 2020 resolution. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> please. All right. So the last time you failed.
1: Um, I fail constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I fail all the time. So pitching my songs to people, I get no's all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I fail To hit the song idea as well as I wish that I would have when I started writing the song, Um, but I guess probably the most, the latest failure has been more like a failure to balance my work and my songwriting with my parenting and my life because you know being sequestered in under COVID-19 restrictions, that is um, that makes things really difficult. So it's I'm having a hard time balancing that. I think that's something
0: every single human can
1: relate to for sure. Yeah. It's uh, a yeah.
0: uncharted territory and I can't you can even... probably hear
1: my children screaming in the background. Actually, they're shouting in the background. I can't right now, but...
0: imagine doing it with two <laughs> kids. So I mean, just all the props in the world to you. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> all right. So last question, advice to your past self, if you could go back in time to a
1: younger you and give her some advice, what would you say? I would go back and tell myself not to underestimate the importance of relationships Mm -hmm. um, in the music business, in life really. Um, But specifically in the music business, I find that, you know, I've, I'm the kind of person that is kind of a, a loner, very comfortable just working on my, on my craft and just trying to get the craft the best that it can be. And I went into this business thinking that that was going to be enough, mm-hmm. but it's not because it's maybe 50% your craft and probably 50% who you know and um, and knowing the right person at the right time and making luck be on your side by having that combination of things. So I really um, wish that I had learned that sooner in life. Absolutely. Okay, let's turn things around and ask you these questions, Sarah. <laughs> so, um, who or who's your favorite creator at the moment?
0: Oh, I have so many. I'm really loving an urban artist called Doja Cat. She's amazing, really charactery and fun, and incredibly witty. Um, but my favorite creator at the moment is a girl called Emily Wiseband. She's- I love her insanely talented yes i just want to like create with her be her best friend be her biggest cheerleader um but she does this really cool thing she started this during quarantine where she will get with a fan and kind of hear what they're going through and their life story and then write a song about it sometimes it'll be over instagram live i think sometimes she does a little kind of behind the scenes and then she'll post the song that she wrote for them about what they're going through.
1: And that's awesome. so cool. Yeah. What a great way to connect with 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 people and at a time when connection is really hard. So yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Wow. Okay, so um uh, favorite trend. Um along
0: Lot of the lines with this whole podcast, just more women in the music industry, um, you know, in front of the camera and mic and also behind the scenes, um, especially within Nashville. I myself have seen a really big change especially in the last couple of years of people not only giving women a chance, but really being sure to seek out female creators and shine a light on them. And I am 100% here for it. <laughs>
1: yes. Amen to that. Okay. What trend do you wish would stop?
0: Um, it's
1: tough because it's something that I've
0: talked about a lot with friends of mine in the industry. And it's something that naturally happens as a creator grows, but it's kind of this regurgitation of what you're already hearing on the radio or streaming or however you get your content. Um, People will hear stuff that they really like and then just go be like, yeah, let's write that. But then everyone sounds like Lennon Stella or Lady Gaga or whatever, and we already have so many wonderful individual creators that I would much rather hear who you are authentically as yourself. And like I said, that's a natural thing to want to like create the things that you think are super cool. But sometimes it can cross over the line. A little so, yeah. bit
1: more maybe exploration of yourself as a as a creator and yes. less exploration of other other things. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, when was the last time that you failed?
0: Oh, um, so like you said, I mean, I fail all the time. Uh, publisher pitches, like, songwriting sessions, etc. So many of the same things that we all go through. You kind of have to dare, dare to suck in this business, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Honestly, even when I asked you to do this podcast, I was like, honestly, my job is to hear no a million times. So like, <laughs> even if she's not down for it, I'm going to pat myself on the back for like, Daring to ask her to go on this journey with me, and look
1: at we her could her be now. crashing and burning right now. We just don't <laughs> exactly. know it yet. But hopefully not. <laughs> crossed, guys, i not yes. totally fail.
0: Um, but my last time I failed actually was during this quarantine. People have been posting so much content and doing so many things that I really found myself falling into the comparison trap recently. And I, I'm not really like a jealous person. And when that does come up for me, I usually try and keep it in check. But it's been hard when you don't really have anything to do but be online. And I'm naturally not someone who's not on social media 24-7 anyways. So for me, I think I, in the past couple weeks and couple months, have fallen to periods of comparison and maybe even slight jealousy that I've been able to kind of acknowledge and work through but it um is something that I'm constantly trying to balance out.
1: I hear you on that. I feel the yeah. same way and I think that's kind of a byproduct product of kind of being forced to live online right now and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Exactly. Okay. Um so last question, if you could go back in time and tell yourself something, what mm-hmm. would you tell yourself? What piece of advice
0: um, I think going off of your answer of how important like human connection is and networking and, and true connection past networking, um, I would tell myself to go a step further than that, especially because I started out so young and in Los Angeles, which is really big and intimidating and um, very male-dominated, which was a hard thing to kind of navigate. Um, and I was such a little professional because I, I was working with people that are at least twice my age and I was trying to show that I was mature and able to do this. And I did, but it also made me, um, have kind of a hard time sometimes really opening up and being vulnerable and authentic with people. And I think it took me a while to find the balance of those two things and, I mean, Nashville has been a, a wonderful place where I can flourish in that area, but I would just tell her to kind of chill out a little bit and just hang out and not be so worried about the, the career and just kind of focus on the people and the now and the experiences.
1: I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> just being there organically. Exactly. Exactly.
0: All right, we have officially wrapped up episode one of The Table. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us and sharing a little bit of your day. If you want to find out more about Vic and I individually, you can find me on pretty much every social media there is at Sarah DeFors, Sarah with an H, D-E-F-O-R-S, uh, or on Instagram, S Defors. And what about
1: you, Vic? For me, you can go to my website, victoriabanks.net, and that'll lead you to all my social media. And, um, yeah, that's how you can find us. So awesome. we're really excited to, to bring more episodes to you. And we've got lots of great, uh, interviews coming your way soon. We are. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you next time. See you next time. To stay up to date on all things The Table on social media, join us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at the handle at sign the table women. And don't
0: forget to subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Our theme song Stop You is written and performed by yours truly, Sarah DeFors, co-written by Taylor Foley and Will Macbeth and produced by Will Macbeth. We'll see you next time on The
1: The Table. Table.
0: Do what you want, work what you got, say what you think and don't let us stop you Stop you, yeah. don't, don't let us stop Stop you, yeah. don't
1: let, stop. Yeah. Don't, don't let stop Don't let us stop Don't let stop you